Welcome to the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Vidala, and we're going to talk about music theory, lyric writing, creative productivity, inspiration, and more. I'm super excited to have you here, so let's dive into the episode. Hello, friend, and welcome to another episode of the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I'm glad that you are choosing to join us today. I am glad that you decided to download or you're streaming it, using it, using your precious, precious data right now, um, and taking this time to learn about songwriting uh, so that you can become a better songwriter, not just for yourself, um, but for the people around you, the world, your listeners, and whoever you might touch with your music someday, um, and the ones you're touching with your music today. Uh, I think it's, I, th- I think being a creator in general is a noble cause. Uh, certainly not everybody does it for noble reasons. Um, you know, I think most of us are actually tempted to do it for non-noble reasons, but, uh, in its purest form, creating something for other human beings to benefit from and enjoy is a pretty, is a pretty awesome thing. So I commend you for joining this podcast today. Oh boy, my computer is recommending I install updates, but not going to do that right now. So today, we are going to talk about the advantages of songwriting with the piano. So I've talked before about how different instruments inspire people differently. So I've always encouraged that people should not just pick one way to write, and just stick with that. You can have a main way, right? A go-to way. What what is overall your strongest way? Um, and that's good and fine, right? It's it's, it's sort of like in life. And in, in theory, you should play to your strengths, but you also should improve your weaknesses, right? And hopefully, those weaknesses can someday become strengths. So, a similar idea. You should certainly lean towards whatever your strength is instrumentally for writing, but. I'm a huge proponent of mixing it up because different instruments, different sounds, different uh, ways of thinking are going to inspire you differently. And one of the easiest and most fun ways to get yourself out of the box of whatever you know very specific sound you might have, which also, if you've been with us for a while, you know I'm also very pro having a sound. I think that's a good thing. Um, doesn't mean all your songs should sound the same, right? But um, to have a certain you-ness to all of your music, I think, is, is a very good thing, right? Because at the end of the day, I love the artists I love because they're very much them, right? Now, whether they are more guitar-heavy, piano-heavy, or synth-heavy per album doesn't really matter. The heart of their song is always them. It's true to them. And that's what I love about that artist. So I'm not trying to tell you with this podcast... Um, that you should, you know, con- if you're not, if you write on the guitar, or you write some other way that you need to convert to piano. What I am saying is that all of them have their strengths. And today we're specifically going to talk about the strengths of songwriting with piano. And again, this is, this is all going to be somewhat agnostic of what is your best instrument, your primary instrument, the instrument you are most skilled at, because that is going to affect things, right? It is generally easier to write music the more comfortable you are with an instrument, right? Like I don't write many songs with drums because I'm not a drummer, right? I'm, I'm full disclosure, I'm a pianist first. Um, I started piano years before I started guitar. I'm definitely a better pianist than I am a guitarist. Um, although I'm, I'm, uh, good enough at both that I certainly can and do write with both. Um, I also think that you don't need to be very good at an instrument at all to write with it. So even if you're thinking I'm not a pianist, is this something I should still listen to? Yes. Um, because I think pretty much anyone who's a musician at all has something to gain from writing with piano. You don't have to be able to you don't have to be a pianist to do this. So let's talk about this. There are three main big picture things I want to talk about for the advantages of writing with the piano. 
Um, and again, I just said this, but full disclosure, yes, I recognize that I am biased. My favorite method of writing is definitely piano, and that is partially because it is my um, primary instrument. It is the, the, the instrument I am best at. That is a part of it. But it is not the whole. I do think, I truly think at the end of the day, is the greatest instrument to write with uh, overall. And we're going to talk about some reasons why. So, first reason. With the piano, you can write melody and chords at the same time. So, this one, this one is huge to me. When you're playing guitar, if you're very proficient, technically you can sort of pick out a melody while also sort of playing chords, right? Like a classical guitarist is able to do that. The reality is most of us aren't going to be able to do that or aren't going to do that very well. And a lot of us are more like, you know, in, in the realm of, you know, I can finger pick some stuff. I can pick stuff with a pick, but and I might even be able to solo. But if you ask me to do sort of both at the same time, improvising, right? Because when you're writing, you're basically improvising to, to write. Um, that is very difficult. Um, and if you are that as a guitarist, great. Um, that probably means that's your primary instrument for, for writing. Uh, but generally, you the skill level required on the piano or keyboard is a lot lower to be able to write melody and chords at the same time. I mean, I'm saying like... Even if you, even if you're uh, like completely incompetent at the piano, right? Like you basically, the only time you've touched a piano is to play chopsticks to annoy the crap out of everybody. And you're just not a pianist at all. Even you, right? If you just understand what notes are and what chords are and you're like, okay, this, I know that that's a C and a G uh, and I'm not even competent enough to put the third in. Um, to really make a C major, you can just literally just block chord that and then be like, okay, well, I'm in the key of C, so I have all these white keys to work with, but none of the sharps and flats. Okay. Right? Nothing fancy about that. Anybody can do that, right? I know that, you know, usually when I'm improvising, I'm doing something a little more complicated, like... Right, but that's not... You don't need to be able to do that, right? Like, that's... And, and even that, that, that is also not difficult, for full disclosure, um, if you understand music theory, but I understand that that's not something that you could just improvise if you are not at all a pianist. But I, again, I am arguing that even as a non-pianist, you can just sort of block chord it out, you know, like there's my C major, there's my G major. Okay. Not hard stuff. The beauty of writing melody and chords at the same time is that instant feedback that you get, right? Right away, I hear. Ooh, okay, that sounds good, right? Like, I don't have to think through, like, if I'm on the guitar or something else, and I, you know, violin, right? I just made this beautiful melody. And I have chords sort of in my mind, but I don't really know how that sounds, right? Because I can't play the chords and the melody at the same time. I just can't do it. So what do I have to do realistically? I have to record the melody that I just played on the violin. And then I have to go to some instrument. In violin, right, you can only play two strings at the same time. I'm 99% sure that that is accurate. So even that, you can't really play chords, right? You could play a dyad, which is a chord. Uh, dyad is a, uh, a chord that's two notes, basically. So like power chords would be dyads. Um, but 
really, you're not, you're not playing chords with violin, right? Most instruments, you're not playing chords, right? Every single woodwind, every single brass instrument, none of those things can you play chords with, right? You're playing individual notes. So guitar and piano are sort of in a, in a, this whole other class just for being able to play multiple notes at the same time, right? I think as songwriters, it's, it's easy to forget because mo, mo, almost all of us, right? Like almost every songwriter is at le- is a pianist or a guitarist or both, right? Like there aren't too many songwriters out there that are just violinists. Um, and I think part of the reason for that, right, is 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 the strengths that both piano and guitar give you that even you know bass doesn't really give you, and drums certainly don't give you because there's no uh, tonality at all, really. It's just rhythm. Um, and that's the, the polyphonic nature of it, right? Multiple tones you have, you can play into higher chords. Um, and the ability to play your melody, improvise your melody while improvising chords at the same time without needing a large amount of skill is incredibly useful. Cause again, back to that violin example, like, what are you going to do? You're going to record the violin solo and then go back and then like get your guitar out to figure out like what chords work with that. And then you got to think, okay, well I was in the key of a, um, so for the most part, the chords I'm going to be working with are probably going to be centered around, you know, an, an a, a D major, an E major, and an F sharp minor. You know, and I also can have a C sharp minor and a B minor. And I'm probably not going to touch the uh, G sharp diminished. Right? So you have to think through all that. And then you have to... You're listening to the recording, probably on loop of your violin, and you're getting out the guitar, and you're trying to figure out, oh, that chord didn't work, that chord didn't work. Right? Like, the amount of time it's going to take you to do all of that is just so much more. So much more. So it gives you that instant feedback with melody and chords. And the other thing to think about, right? I, I've talked about this before. A song is basically three things. It's assuming you have lyrics. Lyrics, melody, and chords. That's basically what a song is. Right? Because uh, the arrangement is not really a part of the song. Right? Because if I get my acoustic guitar out, I can't just play, you know, Billie Jean by Michael Jackson and say, well, it's my song now because, you know, the lyrics are the same and the, and the, the, uh, melody is the same. I don't know why I was blanking on that. Uh, but, but look at me over here. I'm, I'm, I'm just playing just chords that, you know, it's, it's not the full arrangement. So this is, you know, it's a different song now, right? Like that's stupid, right? That's, that's asinine to, to think something like that. So similarly, right? Like the, the heart of the song, Billy Jean, like if he did it acoustic, he got this guitar out, um, which I don't know if he played guitar, it wouldn't surprise me. It's, Seems, he seems like the type of person that played like all the instruments and was really good at them and just nobody knew. He seems like that kind of talent, but I, I don't know. Um, I feel like I've seen him with a guitar. I don't know. Anyway, if he gets out his guitar, right, and he plays an acoustic version, like it's still Billie Jean, the song, right? Like, Because the, the inherent part of the song is melody, lyrics, and the basic chords. Like, is it a G chord right now? or an A minor chord, or, you know, whatever it is, what the violin and is doing in the recording and all that is like part of the arrangement. That's what makes a professional song, but it's a professional track, right? A professional recording, but that's not inherent to the song. So anyway, um, when, when you can improvise and write melody and chords at the same time, literally the only thing you're not doing is lyrics. So you're almost improvising an entire song Lyrics and all, literally all you would have to do is like sing along and come up with lyrics, which by the way, that is not the right way to uh, write lyrics. I mean, you can do that a little bit, but if, if the final lyric is the same as the one that you just improvised off the top of your head, the lyrics are probably garbage. So please don't do that. Uh, lyrics are important. Thank you. This was a public service announcement. So, um, the other beauty, right? Of, of, of this ability that the, that keyboards and pianos and, you know, technically organs and all, all types of keyboards in the general sense, 
a board which has keys on it that produces tones um, is is you can sing along as well as play the, the melody right so I could even um, you know just do chords and just sing along a random melody if I wanted right so I can do that as well right which is more or less what you do on on the guitar right you'd, you'd have these Right? Like, I'm just basically doing chords, right? That was a one, five, six, four, the most boring chord progression on the planet. So, like, um, you know, but on guitar, that's more or less what you're doing, right? You're sort of usually, again, usually, I know it's not all the same. It's not all created equal. And we'll talk about guitar another week. Don't worry. I'll show the love to guitar as well. Um, uh, but, but often, like when I'm writing guitar, it usually involves me strumming, strumming, coming up with a chord pattern or a little finger picking thing that I like. And then from there, improvising a melody on top of it with my voice. Um, you also can do that at the piano. Which is nice because some people prefer coming up with melodies right that way, right? Because when you're singing the melody, when, when, when I improvise a melody, which I think um, is a very powerful, great thing that we're going to talk about a little bit more in a little bit. Um, but the reality, right, is first of all, if you're not acutely aware of your range and your own voice, it would be easy to improvise something that doesn't really work for you range-wise, Um but also, you know, a melody that might sound good on your piano might not sound as good when you sing it, right? Because we all have very different voices, right? Our voices are going to sound better or worse doing certain things, right? It's, 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 it's why sometimes a singer that you don't necessarily love when they cover another song, you're like, wow, in that song, I loved their voice. And it wasn't just that I like that song better than their normal songs. It legitimately just is that that song fits with their voice, right? Like, it just works. Um, you know, for example, I'm not a huge Johnny Cash fan, right? Like, I, I don't dislike I don't dislike his music, but I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't exactly have his records on the wall. You know, I'm just, in general, I'm not a country person. Um, I just, I don't think that way. I don't, you know, the music is largely stuff that I can't relate to because I'm not I'm not a city person per se, but I'm certainly not a country boy either. Um, and, you know, a lot of their themes sort of surround that sort of stuff. Um, so, you know, Johnny Cash is, is not number one on my, my playlist, but I love his version of Hurt it is incredible. I love it. It fits so well with his old voice that, you, you know, vocally at that point, you know, he, he I, I forget what it was. He recorded that three months before he passed away or something like that. Um, and you can, the tremble in his voice that you could really he hear the like age and the pain and the wear of life fit that song perfectly. It fit the melody perfectly, right? So similarly, just because I improvise a melody on the piano and it sounds great, it might be a great melody, but at the end of the day, as a singer-songwriter, right, like I'm the one who's going to perform the song. So I want the song to fit me as well. So that is, of course, the beauty of actually improvising melody with your voice, which again, you also can do with the piano, just because the piano is awesome enough to give you the opportunity not to do that. You still can. It's still an option. Unlike with like a woodwind instrument or a brass instrument, right? Like if you're playing the tuba, improvising a melody, you can't sing that at the same time to figure out like, does this sound good with my voice or is this just a part that sounds good on tuba, right? It's, it, this, this is, you know, sort of an extreme take, but it's sort of like, you know, a great bass line is not necessarily a great vocal melody, right? Like, there are lots of great bass lines out there, but you wouldn't want that to be the vocal melody, right? Because it's just, it, it, inherently, it just has different qualities to it that, you know, is, is, is kind of hard to define and say, well, this is what works and what doesn't. But, like, you know, say you love the Seven Nation Army Baseline or guitar hook. I don't even remember if it technically has bass in it or not, but I'm pretty sure it does, right? Like that's how it opens. Anyway, the only way I hear it is college football games when they play it 
almost exclusively, it seems, those college bands. So if you're in a college band, please, for the love of all that is holy, please stop. The bass line is not that good. Like, play something else. Please, play something else. Specifically you, Ohio State, because you're the one I have to deal with and can speak for, that you play it freaking constantly, and it's super annoying. Anyway... Uh, it is a good baseline, right? Right, Like, even though I'm kind of hating on it, but like, it, it is a good baseline. Like, it's pretty memorable and whatever. Um, but that is not the same thing as the melody in the song. And you also probably wouldn't want it to be. Uh, I also would argue that it's a lot better than most of the melody in the song because the rest of the song is kind of good. Any, anyway, I'm going to try not to be a hater today, but I do not love that song. It's fine. It's fine. But why does everybody play it at college games? Please stop. All right. Um, anyway, so moral of the story, right? Great bass line, not the same as, mel- as a great vocal melody. Similarly, uh, that you can fall into that trap when you're improvising a melody that you're going to eventually sing with an instrument. Um, but we're going to talk a little bit more about that later. Right now, we're going to talk about, I would argue you can write more interesting melodies with the keyboard. So, I don't think this is true of everyone. But generally speaking, for whatever reason, I think it's because you can visualize, right? Like right now, full disclosure, I am sitting in my basement with this mic in front of me, with my laptop in front of me, with my notes, because my main computer with three screens is behind me, because I didn't apparently think through this setup completely. Or actually, I did, but anyway. So I have a computer in front of me, and I have this keyboard, right? Yay. What a beautiful, basic, boring C chord. Um, I can visualize, right? Like, I, I can look ahead and be like, ooh, you know what seems interesting? As I'm on this C, jumping to a G. And, oh, I just was on a C. So let me go down to a B now. And then what if I stretch all the way back up to a G again? Oh, okay. I feel like I want to fall. So I, I sort of visualize and say, how about F, E, And then I'm like, ah, I don't want to end on D. Let's skip a note and go to C, right? Like, I'm talking it out, right? And so you can, like, visualize it. You can't do that when you're you're improvising a melody out loud, right? That's that's something that you, you just can't do, right? I can't visualize in my head what notes I'm singing, I can, you know, reach higher or lower, and I can sort of figure out I'm going to leap uh, this much or I'm going to fall this much. But I, it's not the same, right? I can't visually see notes when I'm improvising a vocal melody. And I think that's part of why, for me, I notice I tend to come up with less interesting vocal melodies when I'm improvising them with my voice. Some of my best melodies that I've had are all ones that I initially improvised on the piano because different jumps, different interesting things, I can can see it, right? I can visualize it. And I can see when like, oh, I've stayed within three notes of G the whole time. Right, which isn't necessarily a problem. Right? It's not necessarily a problem. But when I see that visually, I'm just going to be like, oh, I want to do more. That in my hand easily covers a fifth. Right? And by easily covers a fifth, I mean every single... I, I can get every single note just by my fingers laying where they are. Right? You can... And I don't know about you, but I can stretch to... A tenth. And I certainly easily can stretch an octave, right? So it's easy to, to like, you know. But usually vocally, when you're just sort of improvising, 
while you're strumming the guitar or the piano or whatever you're improvising vocally, um, which pretty much as we covered, every other instrument is going to force you to do, or like with brass and woodwind, you can't even sing at the same time. Um, you're usually not going to gravitate towards, you know, maybe even jumping that whole octave, like in somewhere over the rainbow, right? Like a part of what makes that song so memorable is the shockingness of jumping up the octave in that way. It's just not a typical normal thing that happens with vocal melodies, right? But on the keyboard, on a piano, you'd think nothing of that. or You'd think very little of that. Um, so I personally think this can't really be proven, but I personally find that it's easier to write more interesting melodies on the keyboard because it's so easy to visualize on the keyboard, everything, right? You can visualize chords. You can visualize even on the guitar, right? Like you have to be very familiar with the guitar to really visualize everything, right? You're probably not the way you visualize when you play a G chord, a G open chord on the guitar versus an E major open chord. For the most part, is just like I recognize that this is an E major. You're usually not, again, unless you're a very competent guitarist. Maybe you do. Uh, like I don't personally visualize it like, oh, I'm playing an E chord, which is in the open E string, and then you know I, I got to think through. Okay, well now now we're on the B string, and I'm. I'm on this note or, you, you know what I mean? Like you, you just don't, you, you don't think of it that way. Right. Whereas on the keyboard, you're just like, everything is, is you it's very visual notes wise. Um, which is a part of the beauty, especially when writing melodies. And another thing is guitar and bass and all of those tend to be very rhythmic centric, right? Like a lot of what you're doing is strumming and guitar, or whatever. That's very rhythmic. Um, Piano, though, while it is a very rhythmic instrument as well, it just is also an extremely melodic instrument. It's an extremely, um, you know, a lot of times the piano is carrying a melody. That is a very common, 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 common thing to do, right? Like the piano guys. The piano guys is basically built on that concept, right? It's a guy sitting at the piano playing some chords and with his left hand and and doing the melody of the song that you all know and love in your right hand. And it sounds full and awesome and everybody loves it, right? Um, so again, I think the tendency leans towards um, a more melodic melody coming from a keyboard than a guitar. Uh, guitars also, uh, the tendency because of the way a guitar is built, I feel that you tend to improvise like how you would solo, right? And again, a good guitar solo is not necessarily the same as a good vocal melody, right? Something that can sound awesome as a guitar solo is not a very good melody, especially if it's like shredding and super fast and you're doing impressive, right? And a lot of times, a, because of the way a guitar is built, a guitar solo tends to have notes closer together, which might get boring with your vocal melody. Um, and again, this is not necessarily true, right? Uh, some of my favorite guitarists are ones that tend to write very melodic Solos, which might sound weird, right? Because all solos are technically melodic. But when I say melodic, it's it's almost like a it sounds like it could be a vocal melody, right? Like, which to me is 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 the epitome of melodic when something feels like it's singable. Um, at least how I see things in that case. So, point number two was you can write more interesting melodies. Point number three, you can write a lot of the arrangement or multiple parts much more efficiently. So this goes back to with a piano, with a keyboard, you can play. If let's, let's just compare it to, for sake of simplicity, a French horn or any brass instrument or fl flute. Let's take flute. Okay, let's go with the woodwind. So you have a flute, right? You can play one note. With a keyboard, you can play 
as many notes as you have fingers. And technically, if you're creative enough with your usage of thumbs, right, you can, and other fingers, you can play two notes at the same time that are right next to each other with one finger, right? So, but, but realistically speaking, you can play 10. A flute can do one. More realistically, you're usually doing maybe three in the bass and three in the, so six, right? So even more bad case scenario, but again, let's water it down even more. Let's say you just do chords in the bass that are uh, octaves. So these are just octaves, right? Or, or you do fifths. So two notes. And then vocal melody up here. That's still three flutes, right? And that is watered down piano. I'm talking piano that a non-pianist could basically just sit and just do. Might not sound pretty, right? Because they're awkward with how they do melody or something. But you can be a human being above the age of 10 and to some level be able to do that. I cannot, as a non-flautist, I cannot pick up a flute and just even play one melody, right? I don't even know how to like do the breathing thing and how to push the air through. I have no idea. No idea. No clue. Much less three notes. There's a reason that if you think of all the greatest composers, basically all of them are a pianist slash organist. They might also know how to play violin. They might also know how to play some other instruments, but all of them, all of them are some form of keyboardist, usually as their primary instrument, right? Organ or piano doesn't matter because it's the same, um, concept. You don't play them exactly the same way. They have different uh, natures, but they both have the concept of you can play as many notes as you have fingers and you can, you know, play, you know, both of your hands are dedicated to playing notes. Unlike a guitar, right? A guitar, only one of your hands is dedicated to playing notes. The other one is dedicated to strumming and or picking the notes. Whereas a piano or a keyboard or, or organ um, literally every note, when you press a note, that's playing something. Um, so you have both your hands to work with. So if you don't believe me, look it up, right? Like if anything, it is a notable thing when a famous composer, older or newer, is not a pianist or key or organist or both, right? It's, it's borderline shocking when they're not because of the nature of the instruments just allow you to do so much more, especially in the writing space, right? Because you can you can have your, um, you know, you're figuring out your chords, which your chords um, are part of what's going to influence your arrangement of, you know, the string section and your arrangement of of you know what some of the tubas are doing or whatever and then and then you can have melody and even even with melody right you can combine it with chords right um sorry my hands in a very awkward position it's very hard to play from where I'm talking into this mic, but, um, right. So, so you can the, just the sheer amount of stuff you can do all at the same time that is natural to a pianist just makes it so much easier to write. Cause you're not painstakingly doing one at a time. Not sure how they're going to sound together. Right. I know right away how good my melody and chords sound together. I get that instant feedback as we talked about before. And if I'm going to be really honest with you, a lot of my best, uh, rock stuff I've written was on the piano. And when I say rock stuff, I'm talking like borderline Breaking Benjamin style rock stuff. Why? Because Breaking Benjamin, for example, uses a lot of what I call, I don't think there's a technical term for it, but I call it dueling guitars because it basically is one guitar that's doing a sort of, 
um, a lower riff right on the lower strings, maybe even doing power chords. That doesn't sound like anything they do. I don't know. Nope. Uh. Right, so they're doing something like that. And then there's another guitar up higher. I don't know, whatever, Some, doing something, right? And so they're doing two totally different things. Rather than one just like doing chords and the other doing a solo or a riff, right? There's two different guitars doing two different riffs that fit together. Um, so, so this is like, you know, no pianos in, in this music, right? Like just distorted guitars, sort of like dueling. They're not really dueling each other. Well, they're working together, but... Um, I call it dueling just because they're doing two completely different things. And, and, and again, in a lot of guitar arrangements, right, there's like power chords. So just like doing chords and then one doing a solo kind of thing or a riff on top. Right. So this has like two different riffs that are working together, which is part of what makes them different to me. But uh, anyway, um, even writing stuff like that, I've benefited greatly from actually writing the guitar parts on piano. Which I know sounds blasphemous, right? Especially when we're talking about rock, right? Hard rock. We're thinking that's where the guitar purists are. And do not get me wrong. There are a few things I enjoy more than the sheer power. I mean, I think the most, the most powerful instrument on the planet is one of two things. It's either a legit pipe organ or it is a distorted guitar. Right now, yes, you can, in theory, turn up an, a, a guitar infinitely depending on your PA system. So it's technically the most powerful or you could argue anything in a PA system is. But generally, like just sheer melt your face power, like, oh, my gosh, those are two of the most powerful instruments you can have. Right. Like a piano, a grand piano blows an acoustic guitar out of the water. I mean, it destroys it. Right. Like if I'm in a if I'm in a. If I'm in a room and I'm playing piano and you're playing guitar, guess what? Nobody can hear the guitar, right? I mean, that's not necessarily true, but we all know which one's winning that battle. But then somebody comes in with electric, electric guitar and blows your face off, right? Um, so this is no hate to that, right? I love that. Love it. Love, 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 love. Because I love epic stuff. And, and electric guitars are one of the biggest greatest ways to get to epic so this is no slight to electric guitars is what i'm trying to get across here but the ability to write multiple guitar parts at the same time on the keyboard and know instantly get that instant feedback that they work well together is so nice and helpful it's so nice So I'm going to play a little example. I'm going to have to back off the mic to do this. Um, but I'm going to play a little example of a song that I wrote. That's It's a hard rock song. And at the end of the day, this song will have zero pianos in it. There is no piano. Um, this will be on an EP that's coming out probably later this year because um, it's sort of a band EP. And right now I'm working on my solo EP, if you will. Um, but anyway, it's called Whispers of Angels. And I wrote it on the keyboard. And I'm going to give you a little insight into different parts and what it, it sort of ends up becoming. So... So right there, real basic, is the intro. This is a guitar... playing some eerie thing and then this is both the bass and the power chord is version would be also the second guitar um, so then the first verse is something like this
right? So again, there I have, I know the second part of that verse gets real dissonant, which is yes on purpose in case you're wondering. Um, but anyway, so again, we have, that's the bass line and the guitar, right? So then later in the song, there's a point where there's actually three guitar riffs that all end up working together. So for example, the bridge goes like this. Cut it short, but um, you get the idea, right? So again, I'm playing. Those are what the bass and the power chords will be doing, and then my lead guitarist is doing that, and then at the end of the song, the main riff comes back. The That comes back, but it's in the, what I call the epic version. So it's eerie most of the song, you know, a clean guitar with some, you know, reverb on it or whatever. But at the, end, at the end of the song, it becomes a riff that you're playing an octave on it. And it's a guitar part that's just like, you know, distorted and whatever. But you also have the chords in the, so it ends up sounding something like this. how the song ends. Uh, basically, there's a little more rhythmic technicality in it when you play it on guitar, but that's, that's the gist, right? And I wrote that on the piano, but again, that's one of the guitar parts and then another one. And also, it gave me the ability, right, to figure out, wait a second, this same, right? That's the same thing that I did in the bridge. Oops. Right? So I'm like, wait a second, so I can also have this other bridge part that comes back in the finale. So all three of some of the main riff motif sort of things that I have in the song come together for this epic ending of the song. Right? So, and I wrote that with, with keyboard, piano, actually on this very keyboard, I wrote that in a dorm in college past midnight because that's when I wrote all my good stuff in college. But um, anyway, so even the guitar hooks, right, that sound great with the electric guitar and I can sort of just visualize the sound or I could, right? Most of those are already recorded, so I know it sounds good on electric guitar, but um, and we practiced to do it live and stuff. But anyway, I was able to write all those different parts that work well together, that are all electric guitar parts, just me alone sitting on the on, on the piano. And I'm playing parts, right, that require three people to play in the band. The bass guitarist, the rhythm guitarist, or me, and the lead guitarist. Those are three people. But I, playing piano by myself on a keyboard, can play all of those things at the same time. Um, now that's slightly cheating it because the guitar is sort of, um, the rhythm guitar is largely reflecting what the bass does in this song, or I should say the bass is largely following the, well, actually I wrote it a little bit more of a bass part and just happened to realize that I want that bass part to be so full that it needs to also be the rhythm guitar part, but that's getting into technicalities of arrangement, which we can talk more about because I feel like I haven't done enough podcasts on arranging and I freaking love arranging, but, um, the moral of the story, right? Even some of my best rock songs, like I write those on the piano. And I am an electric guitar lover. I love the crap out of that stuff. So it's not hating on that. Just the a bit the ability to write multiple parts so efficiently is amazing. And especially just as a bonus thing, like this is all MIDI, right? What you're hearing is not my keyboard. What you're hearing is I'm recording MIDI. Uh, which if you don't know what that is, it's basically, um, just a way to, um, 
electronically represent notes, so it basically has a representation of how hard I hit the note and what note I hit, uh, basically. Um, and then on the computer, right, like I can, after an editing, I can change everything I played to a different piano sound, and then it plays those notes because it's just recording how hard I hit them, right? I could change it to violin if I wanted. Um, retroactively, right? Which is sort of the beauty of MIDI. But anyway, like while recording, I can just record this right into my computer. I can just record that right into the computer, loop it, and then I can keep improvising more things. And again, with a guitar and other instruments, yes, you can do that same thing where you record and loop. The beauty is with the keyboard, every time I can do at least double the parts. Every time. Right? So instead of on guitar, first I write the solo thing, so I write the melody and then I write chords. Like, I've already done melody and chords just in my first run through on the keyboard. Um, and, and most of my arrangements, right? A string arrangements and stuff, I come back to this keyboard and I figure out, okay, what's the part of the piano I haven't played around in as much? Okay, I haven't been up here as much, so I should do something up there, right? Like, and again, you can visualize so well on the keyboard. It's easily the 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 best instrument to be able to visualize. So I hope all of this was food for thought for you, um, that you should give writing on the keyboard or piano a chance, even if you are not a competent keyboardist, pianist, um, because it's just such a powerful, powerful tool. And you can do so much with it even at a very, very, very basic skill level um, that you cannot do with other, a lot, most other instruments. Um, it's vastly superior for writing than most instruments, and it is still significantly more superior to some instruments like guitar and things like that, which again, not hating. I also write plenty of songs on guitar. And again, yes, I'm slightly biased that I started piano before guitar. I am a better pianist, although it's not so significant that um, it really affects my writing in either direction. Um, but hey, there's a reason that the vast majority of composers are pianists and organists. So I hope you are walking over to your keyboard right now or thinking about it. We're wondering, when's the next time I'm going to be in a room with a piano? Because I'm ready to start writing a little bit on the piano, if, you, if I haven't before. I hope that's true for you. Regardless, I appreciate that you have listened to this podcast. I appreciate that. Hopefully you've subscribed by now. If not, be sure to subscribe. And... Um, we're also going to cover other instruments. And I, full disclosure, I'm probably going to break up even acoustic guitar and electric guitar. Yes, I recognize they are the same instrument, right? It's sort of like breaking up keyboard versus piano. Uh, the difference is the difference in sounds makes a significant difference, in my opinion, um, in how you write, which you don't usually get with a keyboard versus piano, right? Like usually on a keyboard, you're still doing the piano setting, right? Like that's the piano setting, right? Which technically, again, you're not really hearing my keyboard. Let me turn my keyboard volume up so you can hear the... Yeah, so now you can hear a mixture of the MIDI and the keyboard, but like I can change it, right, to strings. Um... Inherently, usually when you're writing with keyboard and piano, you're hearing the sound. That is basically the piano sound, which is the reason I didn't break that up. I will probably eventually talk about, uh, you know, writing with other sounds that you may use a keyboard for, like strings and stuff like that, um, or group it with synths or something. Um, but just so you know, that's why I'm probably going to split up acoustic guitar versus electric guitar because they just you inherently usually use them very differently, right? Especially if you're distorted guitar versus an acoustic guitar, right? Like you're just, you are going to write different things, or at least in my experience, I do, which is why I'm going to split those up. Um, let me know if there's other specific instruments you want me to get into, why you should write with them. Um, 
and I will do that. Email me, joseph at songwritertheory.com. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear from you regardless. Uh, I mentioned this, I think, last week, but we do have a Pinterest account, so feel free to follow us on that. I'll probably put the link in the description. If you're a Pinterest person, go ahead, give us a follow, pin some of our stuff. Uh, that certainly will help us to be able to uh, get get the... I say us, my... <laughs> Like, I, I'm the only person for songwriter theory. You will help get my stuff uh, to, to more people. So if it was helpful to you, it can help more than just you. And it can help, uh, you know, other people that see the pins that you uh, pin to your board. Um, and that is a great way to help me if you appreciate and or enjoy this podcast and again, this this is also sort of, I say again, I haven't mentioned this, but this sort of uh, comes from the same vein as my free guide about 10 different ways to start writing a song. Um, this is sort of an offshoot of that. This would really work well accompanying that guide. Uh, it does not replace that guide by any means, um, but it, it's a good um, addition to it. So... If you download that guide, especially before some of these other weeks when we get into guitar and other stuff, uh, you'll really start to get a picture of all the different ways you can write to always keep your creativity fresh and uh, not just write in a single box and write all the exact same stuff, right? Like all your songs are built off of that G chord on the guitar, right? Like I'm always writing in the key of G on the guitar, right? Like it's going to start to sound the same and boring. Nobody wants that. Creatively, it's not fun. For a listener, it's not usually fun or great. So help everybody out. Learn different ways to write music that can help inspire you differently. The free guide on 10 ways to do that will help you. The link will be in the description uh, and it will work well as a guide to match up with some of these podcasts that we're talking about, the advantages of songwriting with different instruments. Thank you so much for being a listener and I will talk to you next week. <laughs>